I mean, that, what we've been doing is walking with Jonah over these weeks and seeing how life went from just being one day when, when God came to him, put a call on his heart and said, now, now I want you to go to Nineveh. And, and we watched Jonah's response to that and how he said no. I mean, that's right there, the words no, to remind us, no, I'm going in a different direction, right? And so instead of going to Nineveh where God wanted him to go, he went in the opposite direction and got on that ship headed for Tarshish. And last time we were together, we went through that experience of uh, the storm coming, and, and we know that's going to happen when you go the opposite direction. And, and, and the storms came, and the sailors, and the captain of the ship. And, well, ultimately, we ended last time with Jonah stepping forward before all of those sailors and saying, Look, it's my fault, and the only option is throw me overboard. And that's kind of where we, where we pick up today, is uh, Jonah being thrown overboard and, and what happens next. So if you brought your Bibles with you, uh, they brought the lights up just so you can get there. If you brought your Bibles with you, turn to Jonah if you would. Remember, it's one of those short books in the back of the Old Testament. Uh, find Jonah, and uh, we're going to concentrate today in chapter 2, although we're going we're to start just at that last verse of, uh, of the first chapter. But focus really in chapter uh, 2 for today. And uh, as we begin to, to look at what's going on today uh, in the experience of Jonah, it's important that we, that we start uh, in the right place. Uh, remember now, Jonah is at that point in his life and in his experience where he has, he has stepped forward to the sailors and he has said, look, it's my fault. Whose fault? Yeah, my fault. It's my fault and the only solution to the problem is throw me overboard. We've got to start in the right place and understand that Jonah knows what's going on here in that he knows he has gone in the wrong direction. He has been disobedient to God. He has gone in the direction opposite of where God wanted his life to go. And so now he understands the consequence of disobedience. And the consequence of disobedience for Jonah is being thrown overboard. And he thoroughly expects that when he is thrown overboard, his life will end. Jonah understands the simple reality. He understands that, that when you walk in a direction that is opposite and you are disobedient in what God wants in your life, then what can you expect but the consequences if we run up to the New Testament, we can see there it says, the wages of sin is, you know the text. You see, Jonah accepts it. Jo Jonah's not starting anywhere in some illusion. He accepts and he understands the basic fundamental principle that says, look, if I'm running in the opposite direction of God and I am absolutely disobedient, then God has every right and ought to let me die. So you know this basic principle. You probably learned it as a child growing up. In, in my experience growing up, I, I learned it this way. If my brother and I, it was Saturday morning, and if my brother and I decided that we were going to sleep in on the farm and not get up and get out there and do our chores while our dad was out in the field working away, if we, if we didn't get up and we decided, eh, we're just going to sleep in today, we're just going to, you know, just chill for a while, sooner or later... We heard that gentle pitter-patter of feet on the steps coming up to our bedroom. 
It was usually my father with his boots full of mud and gunk uh, because he was totally intent on coming upstairs and making sure that we understood the consequences of disobedience. Are you familiar with this lesson? Yeah. You see, why should we expect anything else? I mean, why should we expect anything else? And yet, inevitably, what happens to us? This is why we've got to start in the right place. We go contrary to God's will and God's desire. We live a life outside of the boundaries in which God says, look, this is how you experience the fullness of life. We go our own direction. We make our own decisions. We are absolutely disobedient. And then when consequences come, we say, God, why are you doing this? To As if somehow it isn't our fault. Jonah starts from the right place. He starts, he understands, and he accepts. He says to the sailors, remember, it's my fault. I'm the cause of the situation. And the only solution is, throw me overboard. And Jonah thoroughly expects that when he enters the water, not only will they calm for the sailors, but that he will experience his own death. He has no expectations other than that. We pick up with God's unexpected grace. It comes to us in verse 17, the last verse of the first chapter. It says, The Lord sent a big fish to swallow Jonah. And Jonah was inside the fish for three days and three nights. God acts in an unexpected way, in unexpected grace. I mean, Jonah has no expectation that God is going to do anything when he goes into the water. It is out of the sheer grace, the sheer love, the sheer desire of God for Jonah's life that God does an unexpected thing. I would suspect many of us in the room, if not all of us in the room, have had that experience in our life where we have been very close to where Jonah is. You see, Jonah is in that place in his life where he's being thrown into the sea and he sees no alternative. He sees no future. He sees no options. He sees no opportunities. All he understands is the overwhelming nature of the situation that he's in. He is not only literally drowning, he is emotionally wasted. He is overwhelmed. He is at the bottom. He is absolutely desperate and sees no opportunity for anything else. And it is by the virtue of God's sheer, unexpected, undeserved grace that Jonah gets a new opportunity. And notice in the text that not only does God act out of just his grace, out of his love, but he acts in an unexpected way. Do you suppose that it was even conceived in Jonah's mind at any point in time when he was falling into the water? Do you suppose at any point in time he had this fleeting moment of an idea that said, well, maybe if I jump in the water, God will send a big fish. No, I suspect not. It was simply out of God's sheer grace 
that God acted unexpectedly and he acted in an unexpected way. And what does he do for Jonah? God acts unexpectedly. He acts in an unexpected way and he brings Jonah into the opportunity to strip away all of the distractions in his life. You see, the gift of the fish is not only to keep him alive, but the gift of the fish is that now Jonah is absolutely secluded and he has to deal with the experience of being alone with God. Here is the first lesson of the day. Not only does God act in our lives in unexpected ways, but the best thing that can happen to us when we are feeling that overwhelming place, that place of being absolutely desperate, is for us to strip away all the stuff and just take time to be alone with God. Isn't that what happens to Jonah? He is swallowed by the fish. He is now absolutely alone. He is encased in this slimy uh, inside of the fish, there is nothing but darkness. All that's there is stomach acid and fish slime and probably degrees of 100 plus in temperature. And he is left absolutely, utterly alone with God. And this is God's gift to him. This is his grace. His grace is to not only save him, but give him time alone with God. If you're in that place where you are feeling desperate, if you're in that place where you're feeling absolutely overwhelmed, the best step we can take in our life is to take that step of unexpected grace where God invites us to just be alone. Just strip away all the distractions. Just let go of all of the stuff that's pulling you this way and that way and every other way and just spend some time alone with God. Now, we should know this is true. We should know this is the way. Because we see this in the experience of Jesus himself. Now, remember, Jesus was always getting pulled this way and pulling that way and people trying to test him, people trying to trick him, and he had the weight of the world on his shoulders. And he always found time to draw away from all the distractions. If you go into Mark 1, it says, Very early in the morning, not my best time of the day, by the way, but very early in the morning, while it was still dark, Jesus got up, left the house, and went off where? To a solitary place. To do what? To be in conversation with the Father. What is he doing? He's stripping away all the distractions, isn't he? He's stripping away all of the distractions just to have this private alone time in conversation with the Father. It occurs again in Luke 5 and shows that it's a repetitive pattern of Jesus in his ministry. It says in verse 15 of Luke 5, Yet the news about Jesus spread all the more so that the crowds of people came to hear him and to be healed of their sickness. Things are going good. He's his news is spreading. People are pressing against them. Everybody wants a piece of him. Ministry is taking off, and there is overwhelming distractions that Jesus could be drawn into. And yet, look what he does. But Jesus often withdrew to, a lo to lonely places and prayed. What does he do? He draws out of the situation, and he strips away all the distractions, and he takes time time to be refreshed and renewed and examine the situation in relationship to his faith. Same experience as Jonah. 
God's unexpected grace for Jonah isn't just swallowing him with a, with a large fish. The unexpected grace is that he gives him the opportunity to have more time, alone time, with God. What happens next for Jonah? Keep in mind where Jonah is. Jonah is in the belly of a fish. Remember, he is surrounded by that fish slime. He is encased in that darkness. He's in those temperatures of 100 and plus degrees, and he's got stomach acid floating all around him, chewing at him. Is this an overwhelming place? You see, God did not remove him from the situation. God didn't just make the whole situation disappear. Did you notice that? God just didn't miraculously say, well, okay, you've been overwhelmed, and now it's time to not be overwhelmed. No, he's calling, he's experiencing his alone time with God in the midst of the situation. God is creating the opportunity for Jonah to receive the situation. He has to receive the situation that he's in. Jonah never expected to be swallowed by a whale. By a whale, it's God's unexpected grace that causes this to happen. And in the midst of that, God gives Jonah the opportunity to face and receive the situation. He didn't run from it. He's in it. You see, God understands for us that we will face difficult times. I suspect there's not anybody in this room who hasn't gone through some difficulty. Some challenge, more overwhelming, less overwhelming. Nevertheless, when we're in this world, we know that we're going to experience challenges. Matthew 6, Jesus says, Therefore don't worry about tomorrow. Tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough what? Jesus understood, didn't he? Look, there's going to be trouble. We're all going to have trouble. There are going to be times when life is really difficult, when you feel just overwhelmed, and you're in the belly of that fish. He says it even more in John 16. I have told you these things so that in me you have perfect peace and confidence. Then I highlighted this for you. In the world you'll have what? Say it with me, will you? Tribulations and trials and distress and frustration. Is he correct? You see, God didn't remove Jonah from the situation. He was still in the belly of the fish. He was not in a comfortable place. But he'd stripped away all the distractions. And now Jonah, not alone, but Jonah in the belly of the fish, has to deal with what God is doing in an unexpected way. Now keep this in mind. This is something people often miss. Keep this in mind. When Jonah is going through this experience, he comes to the awareness that God is doing something. But at this point, he has no idea what the outcome is going to be. He has no idea. Jonah is just stuck in the belly of a fish. He has no idea what God is doing. He has, he has no concept of what God is about to accomplish. He doesn't know where God is heading in his life. All Jonah knows at this point in time is God has acted in an unexpected grace, in an unexpected way, and all he's left with is to say, God, what are you doing? And he doesn't know the outcome. All he's left with is to surrender to the situation, receive it, and surrender to a strength that's greater than himself. 
Isn't it true? He's left just, just surrendering himself and saying, God, I don't know what you're doing here. I know you're working in your grace. I know you're, something is happening here that I don't deserve. I should have died in the water. But you are working in an unexpected way, in unexpected grace. And I don't know the outcome, but I receive it. And I am going to just surrender. I am just going to surrender to whatever you're doing. There's a, a story of a fellow who went to a famous uh, art gallery. And uh, while he was at the art gallery, he was captured by this one picture of Jesus on, on the cross and uh, just an extraordinary painting and he just stood there and he stood there and he just tried to capture it but you know as beautiful as it was he just really didn't get the fullness of the picture until finally there was a tap on his shoulder and uh, it was the guard who kind of was always in that room you know and, and knew the, the portraits there and the guard said you need to get lower to look at the picture so the guy you know he got a little lower and he looked at the picture and all of a sudden he realized that he had seen it now from a perspective he'd never seen and, he, and it was so much more beautiful to him and, and then there was a tap on his shoulder and it was the same guard and the guard said no you don't understand you got to get lower and so he got a little lower and he looked and and again he looked and he saw things that he could just never see before and how beautiful this picture was and then there was a tap on his shoulder and it was in the guard and guess what the guard said no, you got to get lower, you see, you got to get lower. So he got down on one knee and he looked at the picture and he, oh my gosh, this is absolutely fantastic. And there was a tap on his shoulder and it was the guard. And the guard said, you got to get lower. And he finally got down on his knees and he looked at the picture and he saw the absolute beauty of the picture. And the guard told him, you see, that's the way the painter painted it. He painted the picture to be seen from this position. See, when we're in those overwhelming situations, God is working in His unexpected grace. But He's working in unexpected ways. And the key for us is to surrender. Surrender to the situation and surrender to the God who's working in it. See, we won't always understand it. We, we won't always be able to say, oh, well, God's doing this or God's doing that. We aren't always in the right position until we get to that position till we absolutely just surrender to the situation and to the God who is greater than we could ever dream or imagine. Jonah is captured in the belly of the fish and finally he surrenders to the situation. And it comes out in these first verses here, the end of verse 1. It says... Jonah prayed to the Lord his God. Why is that significant? Oh, you, you remember in the, in the chapters before this? Do you remember what happened when the storm was happening and chaos was going on? And, and the captain of the ship came down and said, Jonah, why aren't you praying to your God? And remember, up until this point, we couldn't find one place in the whole story where Jonah, even in the midst of all of the chaos and the confusion, was willing to humble himself and say, Dear Lord, but finally, finally, when all the distractions are stripped away, finally, in God's unexpected grace, in God's unexpected way, Jonah surrenders. And he begins to pray. Jonah prayed to the Lord his God. And what unfolds then is Jonah's prayer, where he just prays in surrender to what God is doing. When I was in trouble, Lord, I prayed to you and you listened to me. From the deep in the world of the dead, see, he thinks he deserves death. 
I begged for your help and you answered my prayer. You threw me down to the bottom of the sea. So he understands God's doing something, but he doesn't know completely what it is. The water was churning all around. I, I was completely covered by your mighty ways. I, I thought I was swept away from your sight. I, I didn't see. I didn't understand completely that you were there. You were working. Never again to see your holy temple. I was almost drowned by the swirling waters that surrounded me. Seaweed had wrapped around my head. I had sunk down below the underwater mountains. I knew that forever I would be a prisoner there. Jonah doesn't know the outcome, but he's willing to surrender to the God who's in charge of the outcome. You see that? Jonah doesn't know. He only knows that God has acted in an unexpected way out of unexpected grace. And that's what it does. When we are in those overwhelming situations, we strip away all the stuff. We just spend that time with God. We give God the opportunity to help us see the situation in a completely different way. And it also keeps us focused on the right person. The unexpected grace is that Jonah's focus now is not on running away from God, but running to God. He begins to focus. He says, But you, Lord God, rescue me from that pit. When my life was slipping away, I remembered you and your holy temple, and you heard my prayer. And in unexpected grace, in unexpected ways, Jonah is ready to strip everything else aside. Notice that he also gives up any other any other opportunity at looking at any other way out. He's unexpected grace. He gives up all the other ways. It says, All who worship worthless idols turn from, the, from God who offers them mercy. You remember the sailors on the ship in the, in the first chapter? Remember when the storm came, what did they do? They prayed to all of their gods. Remember that? How'd that work out for them? Not so good. Didn't change a thing. See, we got to get this. we got to get this lesson. See, we want to reach out to all these other things and all these other solutions and, and, and what our non-believer friend says we ought to do and, and what the self-help book says we ought to do and what all the other things there are. We just, you got to just strip away all that stuff. Just strip away all those other things and understand there's only one solution and there's only one person and it's Jesus Christ. Because he was willing to give up absolutely everything for you. In his unexpected grace, in an unexpected way of the cross, he was willing to give up absolutely everything. If you will just surrender, surrender to not just the situation, but the God who's in charge of the situation. And that's what Jonah does. And Jonah then, in unexpected grace, begins to shout and begins to show his faith. Now remember, where is Jonah? He's in the belly of a fish, remember? He's right still in the situation. This doesn't happen after everything is cool and calm and great and wonderful. No, he's still in the belly of the fish. But now from the belly of the fish, he begins to work to the solution to the problem that God is leading him to a new outcome and a new beginning. And he begins to shout praise and offer sacrifice and keep his promises. Isn't it awesome? He says, but with shouts of praise, I will offer a sacrifice to you, my Lord. I will keep my promises because you are the one who has the power 
to save. This is so important. When you're in the middle of the overwhelming situation, remember Jonah. Just start shouting God's praise. You see, when you're in the middle of the situation, the situation wants you to keep, keep you focused on the situation. It wants you to keep talking about how terrible things are, about how horrible the situation is, how, how there's no way out, how you can't conceive of any other opportunity. Jonah experiences unexpected grace in an unexpected way. And when he surrenders everything and all is stripped away, he begins to focus in the right place on the right person and he starts shouting God's praise. In the middle of the situation, from the belly of the whale, he shouts God's praise. When you're in that situation, start with just praising God for his unexpected grace in his unexpected ways. Just start praising God. And remember to offer him sacrifice. Jonah surrenders absolutely everything from the belly of the whale. Offer him sacrifice. Be ready to just sacrifice everything to what he wants. Surrender it all to him. Jonah is willing to shout from the situation, to sacrifice for the situation. And he's ready to say, God, look, I'm ready to get back on track. I'm ready to keep my promises. I know I've walked away. I'm ready to keep my promises. And he's ready to trust the God who is the only solution to his problem. And then the last thing happens. There is an unexpected grace in that Jonah is given the opportunity to surrender once again to God's call. It goes like this. The Lord commanded the fish to vomit up Jonah on the shore, and it did. Now, what's cool about this verse is so far we've been concentrating on God's working with Jonah, right? Who's, who's the star of this verse? Not just God, but the fish. Isn't this awesome? It's the fish. The fish does exactly what God commands the fish to do. The fish is the one who is faithful in doing everything that God wants him to do. And the fish is used to give Jonah a second opportunity at obedience and a fulfillment in life with God. And Jonah is vomited up onto the shore and there he stands covered in fish guts and slime but he's also given a second opportunity life has a new chance because of God's unexpected grace in an unexpected way and that's what it is God came to this world in unexpected grace in an unexpected way to give his son Jesus Christ on a cross for every place in your life that you've walked in the wrong direction. And he invites you now. He invites you to surrender. Surrender to his will and his desire for your life. And he offers you an incredible second opportunity to get back on track and to get life in the place where God wants you to be. Listen to Jonah today. Strip away all this stuff. Strip it all away and just listen this morning. God has something in store for you. If you will just surrender completely and start looking at life from the right position and see the incredible nature of Jesus Christ who died on the cross for you. Let's pray. Father, we come to you today. We ask that we could be so surrendered and humbled today. That we could give up all of the things we've been trying to do on our own. Strip away all of the distractions that keep us from seeing the truth. 
Bring us to that private place where we can just hear your voice, know your will and your desire for our life. Strip everything away that would keep us from surrendering to you. For those places that we have wandered, for those directions that are contrary to your will and desire, Father, forgive us. Forgive us. We cry out this morning from our own distress, from that own, our own belly of the fish. And we ask for that second chance. And we know it comes only through your unexpected grace, shown in an unexpected way, through the cross of Jesus Christ. Father, vomit us out into a new life. Just give us the chance to be the person you want us to be, the husband you want us to be, the wife you want us to be, the parent you want us to be, the co-worker, the person that you dreamed us to be. Give us the unexpected grace and the strength. We ask this so humbly in Jesus' name.